0: G'day everybody, I don't know why we're doing this but it's going to be a lot of fun because we've done this once before and uh, it was a most enjoyable. Welcome to the Keith Zanadu and Redders podcast edition two, we did this a few months ago and it was really, really fun. Tonight we're going to focus on the NRO, NRL, first of all it's a very warm welcome, Kai Zanardi, just hot off the touch football field, hello, how are you Zanadu?
1: Yeah mate, very well, still running off the high after a couple of meat pies and Brian Toto put downs in the corner, so ready to rock.
2: Very
0: good. And the great man Keith Moody's
2: here. Hello, Keith. How are you, son? G'day, Redders. I'm certainly stoked to be on here again, mate. I've been looking forward to it for a while, so we let's did, get talking rugby league. We did say we would do it. And Keith
0: Moody, just quietly, everybody, we're doing this on Zoom, Is cock hoop after Liverpool's magnificent comeback performance against Villarreal. Keith, you'd be thrilled they're into another European Cup final. That's a wonderful performance by a very, very good football team.
2: Yeah, to be honest, mate, I wasn't even gonna bother getting up to watch it because I just thought I just thought we were home. But um at 2-0 down at half time, uh, definitely definitely the nerves were, were out. But um Jurgen must have given a good rev up at half time because they came out and they were a completely different team. And uh class prevailed and Villarreal, uh, they just ran out of legs. But it was a good campaign from them. Real underdog story, so yeah.
0: And Pretty they've cool. done that before in the European champion, in the European Cup. So, fantastic. Congratulations to you and all the Liverpool fans, my friend. Thanks, mate. Guys, first of all, we're going to have a look at last week's results just quickly and then head into a preview of this week. Going a long way back, and it seems such a long time ago, a bizarre scoreline, Brisbane 16, the Sharks 7, an excellent performance by the Broncos. The, you know what? The Gold Coast Titans won't be dejected with keeping Penrith to 18 points, that's actually that is a better performance than most people in the comp. 18-4 Penrith up there yeah, at, have C- a
1: look at 18 points too, David. They you know, were held scoreless in the first half, which is pretty impressive. That first 10 minutes, we defended our line all day, and then, I mean, two brilliant kicks from Nathan Cleary in behind, and that. So for them to only score one try, not if a kick, I'll take that every day of the week. Guys,
0: while we're talking about Nathan Cleary, um, Origin coming up not too far away. If you're picking an Australian side right now, and remember that I know exactly what Mal Meninga's indications are, are you picking DCE or Nathan Cleary at halfback? Because that has an effect on the 5-8. For both of you, can I have your individual opinions? Are you going DCE or Cleary at halfback for Australia?
2: Yeah, well, it just depends what Meninga prioritises. If he wants to keep combinations from an origin level with Munster and Cherry Evans... Uh, he might go with Cherry Evans. And obviously, Cherry Evans is the incumbent. Um, so he'll be hard to push out of a spot. But Cleary's, I think he's just a class above at the moment. And he's really knocking the door down. Um, and eventually, he's going to take over that spot. It's just a matter of when. Uh, but if I was to pick the team right now, I think Cleary's got to be a halfback. He's, he's the in halfback in the comp. And, and he's definitely someone that's going to be there in the future. Xanadu?
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm 100% Cleary. A little bit because I'm a bit biased against the back flipping Nuffy who is in the seven at the moment, DCE, who is still playing decent footy. But like Keith touched on, Cleary, he's just a better player. He's going to be the future seven for a long time. Get him in there now. He's the best halfback in the game. And of
0: course, Kai's referring to the fact that Daily Cherry Evans reneged on an enormous deal to move to Rabina and stayed at Manly. And that was worth millions for him. Um, yeah, it, it, I understand Look, from my perspective I'll give an opinion I do understand why um, Meninga will want to keep Combinations together But I believe that Munster and Cleary Are good enough Well good enough To play next to each other um, I think the state of origin Battle at six and seven Will be phenomenal Assuming that Rami Luai Plays um, inside or outside Cleary And that Munster and DC play That's going to be A battle within a battle As is Harry Grant Against Damien Cook But uh, right now I think Nathan Cleary is a bit of footballer than him, and I think that they're good enough to play next to each other. So I'd be going Cleary at seven and Munster at six. The 14 role is fascinating. I think there's actually a case for Jack White nor Ryan Pappenhausen at 14 for Australia, but that's another argument to take later on down the line. But um, I think that there's a real show there. South Sydney are not a bad football side. Given who they've lost, they're... That win against Manly up here at Gosford, 40-22, was very impressive. The Raiders are in all sorts, let me tell you. They're in danger of getting beat by Canterbury this weekend. The Warriors, 21 over the Raiders up there at Morton Daly Stadium at Redcliffe, where we'll see some games next year when the Dolphins join. The Bulldogs, I've got to give them enormous credit. That's a very good, tough win against my Roosters, who are only playing average football. I don't quite understand how Parramatta can get 35-4, but we'll come back to that. I do understand why Melbourne beat Newcastle 50-2 because the Knights are dead set, hopeless at the moment. And their best Agreed. their best multi-million dollar player is playing like he should be playing uh, for, for the Yabbies or for in-group 10, to be quite honest with you. And then the Dragons and the West Tigers, the West Ti- the, both of these two sides at least are showing some ticker. Of late, the West Tigers, two close wins. The Dragons are going okay. I don't think they'll make the eight, but at least their fans have got some faith in them showing some spine. Uh, going back, look, just quickly, Brisbane, a pretty good performance against a pretty decent shark side, guys. I, I thought six. that's a very good win for Brisbane, and they're four and four, and they're actually travelling okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, Brisbane, they've, they've been really impressive, especially at home. I think Reynolds is just the difference at the moment, what he brings to that side. I was really watching him closely on the weekend, and his kicking game is inch perfect. Like, when he, when he kicks from... 40 out, it's always a metre out from the, the dead ball line, uh, from the try line, sorry. And um, the Sharks were just working it off their line all game. Admittedly, they probably weren't at their best, the Sharks, but Brisbane were, were good. And, um, yeah, they've definitely impressed me this season.
0: Uh, look, I think they've vastly improved. Kai, over to you um, to talk about something that I know you want to talk about. Um the Gold Coast, as I said, we discussed earlier on, that is not a terrible performance against Keith, If someone had gone in to you and said, the Gold Coast are going to keep Penrith with the weight, I reckon you would have taken that seven days a week.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, 18 points. The way they've been playing lately too. And I know that they weren't at their sharpest against us last Friday night, but just to actually see that defence, because we've had it in patches to start the year, you know, we held uh, Parramatta scoreless in the second half, they kicked three penalty goals and then done it again the week after and then held Canberra to nil up until 10 seconds to go in the first half and it's just still waiting for that full 80-minute performance where we defend well and attack well because it seems like the games that we are putting on some points, we're not defending our line to save our life and then the games that we are defending, we're just like we look lost with the ball, on Friday night, I didn't get to watch the game. I was working, so I just re-watched it back yesterday. And, yeah, that first 10 minutes, I was uh, very pleased to see the the scramble on our line, and I think that's gotten a lot better. Like, you're going to miss tackles against quali- quality opposition, but it's about that scramble from the inside and that talk, and that's what was really improved. So that's a good sign for us looking uh, heading forward, and I look forward to us taking off your chooks this week.
0: We'll talk about that in a minute, my friend. The, I... I'm a little bit disappointed with Manly. Um, I think that they've been okay, but South put 40 on them at Gosford and shows me that the Seagulls aren't quite there yet and that the Rabbits are going okay. Um, the Rabbits have beaten my Roosters. They That's a trouncing of Manly, and they were quite impressive guys. And uh, I w- You just wonder if they're a danger to Melbourne and Penrith in the final four.
1: Who's I going first what? for you guys? Yeah, Dave, I actually, I'm going to agree with you there big time. I think Manly's fight in that game, like in that first half, they ended up leading, I believe, for a fair bit of that first half, considering they lost Carl Lawton to that send-off about nine minutes into the game. And you think about so many times this year when there's been a 10 in the bin, it's, it's almost cost a team the game there and then. And to have 12 players on the field for 70 minutes of the game I think they did really well. They've blown out a bit at the end. Rabideau scored a couple of tries. But if I'm a Manly fan, I'm pretty proud of that effort.
2: Keith? Yeah, I was, I was going to say I, I disagree. I thought Manly were, were brave in defeat. Um, the scoreline probably doesn't really reflect the game. And um, as Kai said, Lawton went off within the first 10 minutes. And, and I was, I'm sure most people said, oh, good night. that The game's over. But um, credit to Manly, they, they stuck it out. And it was good to see Josh Schuster back as well. I thought he was really, really impressive. And um, him and Turbo this week in combination, that's that's something I'm pretty excited to watch again. Look, I, I the reason I said
0: that Manly have been disappointing, if I can defend myself, certainly, I think a lot of people, me included, expected them to be top four material this year. After their, they were excellent at the end of last year, I'm sure you'll agree. And so mind you, so will Parramatta. And I think there's a couple of games this year they could have won. Yes, they had they had 12 men for 71 minutes, and look, that is a good performance. I don't. There are other sides that would have had 50 or 60 put on them if they'd had a, especially against Cody Walker and Ed all But another good win to the Rabbits there. Um, and we'll just see how Manly go over the next few weeks leading into Origin because they'll lose some players in Origin. And there was a whisper during the week in the Sydney Morning Herald, guys, that. Um, Kieran Foran could possibly be being touted to go to SeaBus Stadium which will be very interesting because there's a, there's a salary cap squeeze there at, at, at Manly. The Warriors 21 over the Raiders 20, another Sean Johnson field goal. Guys, the Raiders are in all sorts. They are not playing good and convincing football at all despite having a very, very good pack.
2: Yeah, yeah, they've been really disappointing this year. As you said, their pack um, they've got some world-class players there in Tapanay and Papali and then and then you got got uh, Elliot Whitehead as well as an international. So they've been really disappointing this season, but I think that comes down to a lack of a, a real dominant halfback. Um, I think people have underestimated the loss of George Williams from last season, and then Hodgson going down earlier this season's obviously affected And They're in huge trouble this week, I reckon, against the Doggies with and um, I out. Reckon, I reckon the Doggies for two in a row this week, Redders. They're a
0: very real chance... Kai, Ricky Stewart's probably not in any danger, but the Raiders should be higher on the ladder than what they are.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree on that. They've got the squad there that, you know, before last year's antics where they severely underperformed, people had them tipped to be top four, to be grand finalists again, and they've got the same squad now. But, yeah, that losing Fogarty really hurt them. But I think the other big thing is Josh Hodgson going down. It's almost hurt Tom Starling as well because – even though I thought Adam Elliott was quite good starting at hooker last Mm -hmm. week. Um, But it's just not the same when Hodgson's got that 80-minute performance where he can start, take the gas out of the forwards and then drop into that 13 role and be that real link man, which would be huge for Snyder right now as well because you can just see he's a bit lost and Jack White might be a great player. He's a Dalian and Clive Churchill medalist, but he's not a man to lead you around the park. You've just got to let him do his thing and I, I can't believe they haven't bought uh, Crawley, which they have put him in the halves this week, or uh, young uh, Williams back into the side again. A couple of the journeyman halfbacks who've been around a long time. It's it's what they need, yeah.
0: I will say this. If you look at the top two teams in the competition, clearly Melbourne and Penrith, their sixes and sevens are Luai, Cleary, Hughes and Munster. And when you compare them against the Cam- what the Canberra Raiders are dishing up at the moment, your points are both extremely valid. Um, and Kyle Flanagan, who we're going to speak about at the minute, is finding a little bit of form, but the, the whole thing bases around your one, six, seven, and 9 I think that's clear. And when Queensland were winning all those origin series when you were young blokes, their 1-6-7-9 were the best players in the world in those positions, and it makes a bloody big difference. The Bulldogs, look, I've got to give it to them. They were terrific. They were gutsy. They were determined. Um, clearly they listened a bit to what Gus had to say I'm still not convinced that Trent Barrett's a great coach but that's a good win over the Roosters I've been speaking to Jimmy Newburn each week and the Roosters have flattered and they've been very ordinary and you know they are a real show at losing against the Titans but I'm not going to take that away from Bulldogs fans that's a terrific win for them and gives their long-suffering fans some real impetus and remember who's going to the Bulldogs next year they could actually have a decent squad next year
1: Reid Marnie's going to be huge for them next year at a dummy half and then even kick out as well but before I even get to them I was I've been impressed with the Bulldogs to start the year like they were in a fair few games it was only really that one walloping that they copped a couple of weeks back that they were properly out of it but against the Roosters yeah just great determined I think TPJ's been huge so far this year he's been really good and uh young Aaron Shook out in the centers he's been terrific like you know he's had the job of Shutting down Talakai, which he did pretty well. He had the job against Katoni Stags, which he did quite well. And then he's just kept probably who I would think is the best centre in the game and has been for a long time. Joey Mar, who had one of his most quiet games of the year, when he's been putting the roosters on his back in the last few weeks when they've been struggling. So full credit to him. He's been playing superbly, I think.
0: Can I ask you both, you mentioned a player there. We'll go off topic for a minute. Um, I think the New South Wales Rice Centre is pretty set but with um, Latrell Mitchell heading to Philly for some work on his uh, um, terrible hamstring injury, do you think that you would pick Tony Staggs at left centre for New South Wales or Talakai or Stephen Crichton or Matt Burton? Who would your choice be right now, guys, in left centre?
2: My choice would be Stephen Crichton just because he's been around the system. He's playing in a side that's full of confidence. Uh, he's obviously familiar with the two halves. I've just got some concerns around Talakai's fitness. I was watching him pretty closely against the Broncos and, and they, they gave him plenty of work to do and he was gassed by the end of the game and he, and he made a few errors. And if, he, if he's thrown into a cauldron like what Origin is, um, where it's end-to-end, end, it's non-stop footy, I worry about his fitness. But Stephen Crichton, I think he's been in the system, he's been in the setup. He, know, he knows the blokes in his team. I think he's the obvious choice at left centre for the Blues. Kai?
1: Yeah, I think that that centre position, it doesn't need to have the attacking flair like a Katoni Stags and a Talakai might have when they've got the leniency to be a bit poorer in defence and make some, make some reads that aren't quite there, considering the New South Wales team's got strike power all over the park. Oh. Um, I think Crichton, Crichton would be superb there, but I also think it would be tough to leave out... Um, Oh, I'm having a mind blank here. The uh, south south centre Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham's okay. been in that system in the Blues system now for the previous two seasons, and so yeah. he knows the plays. He knows he knows the boys quite well, and I think he's just probably one of the best defensive centres in the game. And he's certainly got a great catch and pass. And I'd be giving him a shot. He
2: plays on the right though, does he not?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the beauty oh, of Stephen right. Crichton is that Stephen Crichton comes through that Penrith junior system. I work with a guy who's been, who's a Windsor Wolf by uh, juniors and was part of the Penrith system, and they make them play either side in their juniors, so they change over at half time, and Stephen Crichton can play either side of the ground. Matt Burton's got the advantage in that he's left footed. And the reason that you always have a left centre, because you can then take your pressure off your five-eighth and a half-back and have your having kicking in basically what you call a rugby union's in, inside centre, they're babysitting them. But Crichton can play both sides of the park. I think that's a fascinating – with Luttrell's no chance. Um, so, you know, I, I tend to think Crichton, yes, because Cleary to Luai to Crichton is deadly. And when you've got Ado Car sitting outside them, I'm probably on the left wing, or they to- could be there as well. It's a lethal backline. when you include Tom Trabojevic and Jimmy Tedesco. Whole, try stopping them. It'd uh, be really interesting. If you were going to play the North Queensland Cowboys guys and someone said to you, oh, let's go and play in Darwin in late April in 30 degrees and coming from Sydney where it's 20, I would have thought you'd sit there and say, oh, no, let's go and play them in July when it's a bit cooler. That's a whacking 35 to 4. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. Parramatta have been playing pretty reasonable football.
2: Yeah, well, at the start of the year in our first podcast, Redders, I was uh, much to Gimel Kelly's demise. He's been giving me a bit of stick about it. I, I wrote Parramatta off and, and said they were no good this year and that they'd be on the slide. But until the weekend just gone, I was proven wrong. So, but yeah, they, they were quite poor, I think. Not, not, not to take away anything from the Cowboys. They were really good in defence. Um, but Parramatta just looked like they lacked a bit of energy and maybe that is something to do with that Darwin humidity and heat that they're not quite used to. But, um, yeah, the Cowboys, I think they're surprising everyone this year. A lot of people had them down the bottom of the table and and all of a sudden they're in the top four. So credit to Todd Payton and the the coaching staff there
1: because they've really, really shocked a few teams this year. What I couldn't – I just couldn't wrap my head around it against Parramatta. Now, it got band-aided against when they played the Knights because obviously the Knights are stinking at the moment and they just yes. rolled the But this is, as people say, the term premiership window. You've got Reed Marnie leaving at the end of the year, you're nine, and you've got question marks over whether Mitch Moses is going to stay. You need your half isn't to play. Papa Lee,
0: isn't Papa Lee leaving for the West Tigers as well? Yeah,
1: Papa Lee off to the West Tigers, yeah. And the fact that the last two weeks in a row they've taken Dylan Brown, who behind Munster's been one of the form sixes in the comp to start the year, out of his position and put him in the centre is just, I can't wrap my head around it because straight away, that Knights game as well, he set up two tries and then the one try they scored against the Cowboys was him calling a short side and getting the ball and passing it off. But I mean, Tom Opacek comes back this week. I know they had a back shortage and he'll fill that gap and that's where they've leaked a lot of tries as well. And he's a good defensive centre, Tom Opacek. but I think for Parramatta, I'm just going to put a put a line through that one. Darwin, very hot. Cowboys have been superb to start the year. And I'm just going to put that on the slide and say, you know, they didn't expect it. Not that they can, you know, tolerate that sort of stuff and expect to go out and win games. But I still think they're going to be a very, very good team this year, Parramatta. and I mean, the Cowboys, yeah, playing great footy.
0: You Couldn't say the same thing about the poor old Newcastle Knights, they've been really struggling. <laughs> Keith, Keith Moody is not every <laughs> very happy care for the moment. Kaiser he's grinning like a Cheshire cat, um, or, or, or like Redders has been cooking for him at lunch and he's had a triple burger. But, um, Keith Newcastle, that it, it's just, um, they've been terrible, the poor buggers and. and copying Melbourne Storm like that, but 50 to two is just, sorry, that is particularly at the Newcastle National Sports Centre. That's unacceptable.
2: Yeah. Just, well, obviously you don't expect them to go out and beat Storm, but I'm sure all the coach and and the fans, all we ask is, is a bit more effort. And um, some of the fundamental errors that were out there on Sunday was, was just actually quite embarrassing for first grade standard. Um, and they do get a few troops back this week, but I noticed that O'Brien swung the axe a little bit. Um, be interesting to see if, if the team respond. But yeah, as for Sunday and the week before against Parramatta, too, there are identical performances, lackluster, lacking effort uh, in front of big, big crowds on sunny Sunday afternoons. It's really disappointing as a fan. Um, but yeah, if, if they show up with a similar attitude this week against the Cowboys, I'm sure the scoreline won't be too different to what it was on Sunday. Where are the Knights supporters hiding now,
1: Dave? They're <laughs> up and about calling premiership threats after round two. And now they sit with a wooden spoon in hand again. Catelyn Ponga, give it up.
0: Our dear friend Joel hardigan has gone very quiet on social media. If you haven't noticed, have you noticed <laughs> yeah. that, mate? Um, yeah, look... 50 to 2, it's just it's it's almost inexplicable, especially in front of the faithful. The faithful deserve more. I've got no problems that if they got beat 34 18, at least they've showed some spine and ticker because this is a very, very classy Melbourne side. And remember, this is I think Melbourne will fall at the next year to a certain extent because they're losing so many of their their nuclear side, but especially if Munster goes to Redcliffe. And what do you say about the the dragons and tigers turn back back the clock with an old fashioned slogathon down there in Wollongong? And, uh, you know, got to give it to St. George and the West Tigers. They're both playing committed football. I don't think either is a great side, but well done, St. George.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same sort of boat as you there, Dave. I just think they've both been pretty gritty in some of the games they've played. Tigers, obviously, the last few weeks. It's been good to see them uh, get a few wins on the board, especially the story. I've been loving watching our little witties get up and about and excited, finally a smile on their faces. <laughs> you can see the difference that... Um, Jackson Hastings made it seven. Oh, I'm, I'm all about that, fella. He's a great player and he speaks so well now. I've looked at a few of the stats um, from the last few weeks since he's been back in seven and he's had the most touches of ever of any seven in the game and he's run for over 100 metres the last three weeks. And, yeah, he's been superb. And same as the other bloke against him, Ben Hunt, I think he's playing great footy in the number seven jersey for the Dragons. Really, really good.
0: Well, I think that Ben Hunt will most certainly fill a role on the bench for Queensland. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think... So,
1: Dave, why you say that before when you talked about Cook versus Grant in the number nine role at Origin? And I actually think Ben Hunt might start at nine and then Harry Grant come off the bench. Just that's that a big. Be that's a opinion.
0: big call. That uh, you know, it's a. That's why we have our podcast because yeah. I want to pick your brains on these sort of things, and you you guys do a really good job. That's a very interesting call as to whether they might even name Grant at nine and have Hunt start. Yep, I can I can actually. Yeah. That is not without the realms of possibility. I think Harry Grant's the best hooker in Australia at the moment, and I would pick him for Australia, but I don't think they will. Damian Cook's explosive speed will probably get him in again. He's probably got one or two more years left where he's got his speed back. But look, interesting times. Good win to George, and yeah, look, we interesting to see when they do pick an Australian side. But I I, and Queensland, I still think Grant will get picked at nine, but we'll wait and see. On to round nine, guys, and there's some very good games in here. The Raiders host, sorry, the Rabbits host the Broncos at Stadium Australia. That's the Thursday night game. Adam Reynolds gets back to playing against the Rabbits. Could be a good game. We've spoken about this before. The Raiders and the Bulldogs, early game on KO at 6 o'clock on Friday night. The Friday night Channel 9 game. Give me this. Penrith hosting Parramatta. What a game that could be. The Saturday afternoon game at Brookvale is a danger game for Manly, given that the West Tigers have been playing reasonable football. I'll actually be broadcasting football around the corner from that guys at Kerkall. I'll be about three miles from that game. there uh, be big crowds around the area. The Roosters and the Titans play In Mackay, and this is one of the reasons that I think that the Titans are a real show, is that they don't have to play at the Sydney Cricket Ground. They get to play up at Ben Barber's home ground up there at Mackay, a lovely stadium. And, guys, it's very close to where Australia played India in that one, that terrific Women's One Day Series around there at, at, at Harrop Park there. Then on Saturday night in Townsville, goodness me, the odds will be huge. The Cowboys hosting the Knights. Good luck, Newcastle. On Sunday... The, the these two have got a terrific rivalry. The Melbourne Storm hosting the St. George of Dragons at Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, that'll be a cracking game. And then the the Channel 9 game is the Sharks hosting the Warriors at Endeavour Field or PointsBird Stadium in Woolaware. Guys, your tips in going through. First of all, in sequential order, the Rabbits and the Broncos. I'm on the Rabbits by 1 to 12 here. I think they'll just be a little bit classy.
1: I'm um, I'm gonna tip the Rabbits, but with not much confidence. If Payne Haas was in, I'd be all over the Broncos this week. Keith? Yep, I'll have the Rabbits
2: one to 12 as well, Redders.
0: Next game's a really, really interesting tussle and out of form Raiders against a suddenly resurgent Bulldogs. It's 14 V15. Interestingly, I've gone on the NRL.com website here, and the sports bet line is that's very rare. Dollar ninety both teams which is almost unheard of I'm going to put my neck on the, out here I think Canterbury 1 to 12 I think the Raiders are in that much bad form I'm going to pick the dogs
2: Yeah it's a tough one um I'm going to go the dogs but but yeah it's in Canberra which if it wasn't in Canberra I'd be all over the dogs the fact that it's in Canberra I'm a little bit on the fence but I'll go the dogs 1 to 12
1: Jared the back this week just gives them that calm head that the Raiders need. I'm gonna take the Raiders at home.
0: And the weather's getting very, very cool in the next couple of days. We're quite cold there on Friday night in Canberra. The Friday night game, one of the games of the season, although I don't think it is on the betting line. Parramatta coming off a trouncing up there in Darwin. And they remember they're coming back from Darwin. Penrith at home. I'd be a very brave man to pick against and I won't. And in fact, I'm gonna pick Penrith 13 plus.
2: Yeah, well. I'm going to pick Penrith, but I think Parramatta will hit back. Uh, They've had some close games over the last few years, but yeah, I think Penrith will be too classy and they're just playing with too much confidence at
1: the moment. Penrith, 13 plus, Clint Gutherson, eight plus errors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be a big call. He's a pretty wholehearted player.
1: He's no Uh, good.
0: Okay, fair (laughs) enough. I don't think he deserves a sky-blue jumper this year. I think there are other backs... The I think, yeah, I think other, the there, there are other utility backs that deserve a chance, particularly Nicholas Hines uh, from Cronulla. I think that he deserves an opportunity at some stage. The Eagles and the West Tigers is a danger game for the Eagles. This is at Brookie, um, and Brookie's looking fantastic with the new stadium there. Look, uh, I'm not convinced in the West Tigers yet. Manly aren't convincing either. Only because it's a brookie, I'll pick manly one to 12.
2: Yeah, I think manly 13 plus turbo back, uh, Ola Kawatu back as well. That's a big in. Uh, I think that'll be too good for the Tigers on Saturday, Keith. Yep. Sorry, I'm on, that's I'm gonna do.
1: manly 13 plus Ola Kawatu back. Huge looking forward to see turbo and jerbo rip and tear.
0: The Roosters hosting the Titans this game. Lajna, please note, this is at BB Stadium in Mackay. Uh, Over to you. And I know he's got a lot to say, but we'll go first to, we'll keep in the same order. Keith Moody, first of all, the Roosters and the Titans.
2: Yeah, we're just looking at the prices there. I think the Roosters are a bit short. Um, Absolutely. I think think they'll win, but $1.25, if I was a betting man, I would
1: not be taking that. Um, But I think the Roosters won at 12. Xanadu. Titans thirteen plus Dave Amazu and Brimson double.
0: And of course, the last time these two played, they played one of the most dramatic uh, semi-finals I think any of us have ever seen, where the Gold Coast somehow snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I know that Kaizenati was uh, in pain about that for weeks and weeks while we got the cricket there because yep. that they should have won and they would have thought caused manly more trouble than the Roosters did. For my, no, no. sorry,
1: for- Dave, no. Seriously, no, I will take Titans in a close one. I think the last few games we've played has been incredibly close. You've got that final last year and then the one before that where we gave away a 30-point start, come back and took the lead 34-30 and then Sam Walker happens to kick a field goal to knock us off then. So I'm going to go Titans 1-6. to
0: And I'm going the Roosters 1-12. to I just think that they're due. The Gold Coast for me haven't quite clicked yet. Like... Why their coaches would play David feeder at centre is beyond me when he's a, a world-class back rower. Um, but, no, the Roosters for mine, just. Uh, anyone chipping the, cow- the Knights over the Cowboys, guys? <laughs> no. Negative from me
2: too, Reddits. Not a chance. No, nah, nah, not with those in- inexperienced halves. I don't think they can win. The
1: only tip I have for the Knights, Dave, is to be going home with a juicy wooden spoon.
0: Uh, the Cowboys for mine one one to twelve. I think Newcastle will be a bit better. The Cowboys are a serious football side. The more they can win away from home, the more that they get credibility for mine. Todd Payton's got them playing passionate, disciplined, um, good football. They don't make errors, and beating Parramatta and Darwin's a huge thing for them. So the Cowboys for mine. The Storm and the Dragons. Look, the Dragons have been in good form, but this is probably the one side they don't want to run into at the moment. Um, uh, they're $10 on sports bet, which is quite ridiculous. Gentlemen, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably over the odds. Do I think they can win? No. Um, but maybe even, I don't, I don't know what you get for the start. but
1: 22 what, and a half.
2: Had a look at 22 earlier. and a half. There you go. So uh, it just depends. If the Storm turn up in a mood that they were in at Newcastle on Sunday, I'm sure they'll absolutely towel up the Dragons. But they're a little bit off
1: and the Dragons are good, um, you never know. You do know. It's day Footy at Amy Park, the Storm win and win well.
0: Um, I think the Dragons will put up a decent performance. I think what they will do is go and target... Um, certain players and try and shut them down. Munster, Olam, guys like that. But the thing is with Melbourne, they've got weapons all over the park. I think the Dragons will put up a good performance. I think Melbourne will win something like 20 to 8 or 20 to 10, so 1 to 12 for mine. Melbourne. But continuing on, because I think the Dragons have actually got a fundamentally okay side. The Sharks and the Warriors playing the final game down there in front of what will be a huge crowd at, at what on the on the on the bees and the Shire. There are worse places to be. Um, the Sharks are $1.25, the Warriors $4.00. Um, I, the Sharks are due, they've been poor in the last couple, not poor, they've been average and I think the Sharks will get home over the Warriors and the Warriors are a complete nutter enigma, you never know what they're going to do they get beaten by 60 in Melbourne and then come back and beat the Raiders, but the Sharks are mine guys
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar boat, Raiders, I think the Sharks hit back this week and in a big way, I think 13 plus is, is almost the better of the week, I think you get about $2 for that, so the Sharks yeah, they'll hit back, back at Shark Park Warriors, yeah, as you said, you don't know what you're going to get. So Sharks for me, 13 plus. Yep. Yeah, Sharks win that one. Now, guys,
0: first of all, Kai Zanardi, you've got a value and a moral multi for us. So Kai, over to, for Kai's multis, guys. Kai Zanardi, over to you, sir.
1: Yeah, so pun is looking to fill up this weekend. I'm going to give you a juicy one here. The odds are $19.80. Haven't even price boosted that. Now I've got Ola Kawatu time to score against the West Tigers he's been a try scoring machine this year great player I can see him storming over some of that brittle tiger defense and then Katoni Staggs anytime this week against the Rabbitohs is a great price at $3.30 now he'll be marked by that young Tash who's only played a handful of first grade games and he's been a bit uh been a bit iffy with his defensive reach so far so I think Katoni's a real good chance there and then to top it off, you've got the Cowboys playing the Knights, which that right edge has leaked like 60 points the last fortnight. So Valentine Holmes in the centre role there will stroll over for a try. So that's Holmes, Stags and Oluwatu all any time. That gives you $19.86. Yep. Now, whatever you, whatever you outlay on that, just put double it on this next one for you. All right? So you've got Cowboys minus seven and a half, Melbourne Storm 13 plus, and Cronulla Sharks, minus seven and a half. That's paying $2.70. So you put 100 on that, you can put 100 on the other and still walk home happy, man.
0: Guys, just before we finish, what have you seen, if I can ask you, and I didn't ask you this before, and so it's a bit without notice. What have you seen in the first nine rounds that – what trends have you seen this year – Um, given a couple of different rules and and so forth. Have you seen any trends in in the the eight rounds that we've seen that you'd like to discuss with our viewers, our listeners, sorry?
2: Yeah, I've got one that uh, really grinds my gears is the laying down for a penalty, that trend. Yeah. I think it's getting worse and worse. And I I don't know what the NRL can come up with to to get it out of the game, but as soon as a bloke feels a little knock on the head and it's an important time in the game and he needs a penalty, he'll lay down for a penalty. And as I said, I don't know how they get rid of that, um, but it's a bad look for the game. It's turning into soccer. Um, and, yeah, you never used to see that. But now with all the cameras and and the obviously they're trying to be very uh, careful with the concussions and whatnot, Uh, You see you see bloke's doing it. So that's a trend that I'm not liking.
1: I'm just touching on Keith ones there. Yes, it's not great to watch. And if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at someone from the other team, I'm screaming at him to get up your cat because he hardly touched him. But if I'm playing a game like that and I get hit in the head 20 metres out from the from the trial line and I can take a kick at goal to win the game, yeah, I'm laying down. If I'm under the pump for a couple of sets and I'm stuck in my own half and I can feel someone hit me in the head, yeah, I'm laying down to get a penalty. They're doing it for their team and you can understand it. And it's frustrating for the fans. But, I mean, when you're a fan of that side, I know I'll sit there and I'll watch my players from the Titans who I can see them cop one in the head and then they get up and I'm saying, no, stay down. So it's a tough one to fix. is, I think I do have a fix for it,
2: actually. Take, take the bunker away, take the bunker out of it and maybe reintroduce the pocket referee and then those two referees, you've got two sets of eyes
1: on the tackle and they can make a decision on the field whether or not it's a high tackle. But then what happens when you just get those decisions made that are wrong again and people say, well, why can't we just use a technology that's been working?
0: Good well, guys. Okay. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, if if I could have a, a word in here, for those that aren't aware, Keith and Kai are my brothers from our cricket club, Stockton Northern Districts, the first grade premiers of Newcastle District Cricket Association, oh. and we go back a fair way. Guys, the use of technology in cricket has been very controversial as well. I am not convinced yet that they've got the bunker right after all that. I certainly don't think it needs to be used in Australian rules. Australian rules is not suited to it. The NFL is because they've got that much cameras and they've got that much money that they pretty much get everything right. I am not convinced the bunker works. However, if someone comes to me and says, give me an alternative to the bunker, I'm also not convinced that pocket referee is right. The lying down is weak. And it reminds me of diving. As you said, Keith, it reminds me of watching teams like Italy and others play in, in international football where they just lie down and, and pretty much play like dogs. And I'll, the only way I can see around it is to maybe if someone is a, he does dive and gets pinged for it, maybe whacking them in the bin or having a five minute spin or something. I don't know. There are, that, there's not an easy answer to that. And as Kai said, if you're playing professional football for millions of dollars and you get a chance to get yourself a, a team, a penalty 20 meters out, you probably do what they're doing because at the moment there's no penalty. There's not. There's not a. There's not a. There's not something that comes back at you and says, "No, oh, sorry, Mr. Zanardi, Mr. Redden, you can't dive."
1: So they've got the independent doctor now that pulls people off um, for head concussions and things like that. But I just think if if you have laid down for a penalty and you want to stop people laying down, then just give them an immediate ten minute HIA yeah. test because then they got to, they've got to weigh up. Okay, do I want this penalty or do I want to have to sit off for ten minutes?
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot of things that we can discuss about that. And then there's the guys that are genuinely being clonked with a high tackle. And it's a very difficult issue in what is an increasingly scrutinised game. Um, I think that they're very interesting points. And the interesting thing is we all like to be solution-driven rather than problem-driven, but there's no actual easy solution to it. The pocket referee's got some merit. Whether they're going to pick up every little... If they're if they're on the wrong side of a, a little short-arm jab to the head, I don't know. Um, it, look, interesting subjects. The one thing that concerns me, guys, the trend I've seen, is that there has been some lopsided results. And look, you get them every year. When we have 17 sides, and there's now a lot of talk about having a Pacifica side based in Wellington, who will play some games at Westpac Stadium in Wellington and some in Western Sydney, and talk about going 18 sides... I'm not convinced that we have the talent pool to have 17 sides. I always thought that expansion – I always thought that they should relocate someone, but they've decided to create a new side. When you were very young, they did expand the competition and it didn't actually work necessarily very well. I'm just a big question mark as to whether 17 sides is actually warranted and whether there's the depth.
1: I think I've had a little bit of thinking about this a lot, Dave, because at first I was certainly like there's no way we can – have a 17th team when you have the results like there were last year. But I don't know if it's a necessarily a lack of player depth, but a lack of coaching depth and the people who can actually bring through that players. Cause I was I was listening to the storm game on the weekend, and the first time a big blocker roach has ever said anything of merit in the commentary box. And you look at that storm back line, you've got Xavier Coates. Yes, a good player, but won a wooden spoon with Brisbane. You've got Remus Smith won a wooden spoon with the Dogs. You've got Nick Meaney won a wooden spoon with the Dogs. You got Justin Olam, who is just a beast. Yep. And you got Max King, who couldn't get a start at the Knights, and now he's a starting thirteen for the Storm. who ran for over two hundred meters on the weekend. So there's talent in those players that people write off, and it's just uh, Yeah, Josh King. Sorry, Ma- not Max King, the former Titan, now Bulldog.
0: See, Max King might play Australian rules for St Kilda, actually. Um, yeah, Okay, but there, there's a long list of players that have gone to the Melbourne Storm as journeymen and becomes, I can tell you, Dale Finucane was an average first-grade footballer when he went to Melbourne. Okay, and there's a whole stack of them that go down there and turn out being well beaters. And interestingly, when they leave Melbourne, they never come back quite as good as where they were at when they were at Melbourne. Um, look, the good coaching thing is a really interesting point. Um, and at the moment, there are... Certain blokes with their heads on chopping blocks. I think Michael Maguire will spend the rest of his career at the West Tigers with his head in the chopping block. And I don't care what Gus is saying publicly, if the Bulldogs have a poor year for the rest of the year, Trent Barrett's head will be on the chopping block as well. I guarantee you. The problem is who are the guys that are out there that are going to come back or, or are going to become good coaches? But, um, one guy that continually gets mentioned is Cameron Soraldo who's in the Penrith system at the moment. He's a very, very good coach. It'll be fascinating to see how Redcliffe go under the master up there. But, look, you just you just get concerned slightly for the game when you love it and you see them going to 17 sides when at one stage they actually had 20 many years ago. It'd be interesting to see how that all goes. Guys, was there anything further before we... F- I really want to thank you for tonight. It's been really great fun, as always. Anything else you wanted to mention in, in rugby league circles at the moment? Anything that you wanted to talk about at all?
2: No, I think I'm all good, Redders. I think we've covered... Covered a lot of rugby league, so... I think I've scratched the itch. Yeah.
0: And, and how is the big man's darn quadricep at the moment? Is it healing well?
2: Yeah, I think he's a bit of a hypochondriac, Rattis. Uh He's doing big... Brian toto dives into the corner and... Thinks,
1: but he can't it so here. the physio said it was almost a miracle that I was able to finish my training session when I did actually tear the quad the other week and they told me I've still got another two weeks of light duties, but... You know, mate, I'm, you just got to battle through the pain and the boys need me on the win score and tries. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Ah, very good. Very good indeed. That's good to hear. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Um, Really appreciate it. Thank you, especially at short notice. Great to talk to you. Let's not wait so long next time. Let, what, next time we might talk about general sport and talk about NFL drafts, NBA, uh, European football, English football, whatever you like. Let's do it in a couple of weeks' time when you've got, both got some time, if you've got some time for me.
1: Sounds
2: good. Good on you, Radha. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you Thank on you behalf probably. of on behalf of Keith Moody and Kai Zanardi everybody. My name is David Redden. It's been an absolute privilege to bring you the Keith Zanadu and Redders podcast. We'll put this on the uh, this will be on the Stocko site uh, at some stage either tonight or tomorrow. And make sure you enjoy it and, and share it around and uh, enjoy the guys talking really good football. They really do know their stuff. On behalf of the boys, this is David. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.